Good evening, I'm Christian Esguera, and welcome to this episode of After the Fact, where we get to see things more clearly, where we get a better sense of the truth. Let's begin by dissecting the news. The Philippines is again classified as high risk for COVID-19 as cases continue to surge, driven presumably by the more infectious Omicron variant. Now, as predicted by the health department, it was only a matter of time before the new variant breached the country's borders. The government recorded 4,084 new cases today and a positivity rate of 20.7%, the highest in three months. It appears that we've lowered our guard down during the holiday break, apparently driven by the occasion and a growing fatigue because of a pandemic that has been raging for two years. Try to look more closely into the numbers and how to control this latest surge. To be part of our discussion, send us your questions and comments on our YouTube live chat or tweet us using the hashtag ANCAfterTheFact. Joining us now is uh, Octa Research Fellow and Molecular Biologist, Father Nicanor Ostriaco. Good evening, Father, and thank you for joining us again on the program. Happy New Year to you. Good evening, Christian. Happy New Year to you too. Unfortunately, looking at the numbers, it's not a good way to start the year 2022. First, help us understand what, dry, what, is, uh, what basically is driving this surge? The, the DOH said it's safe to presume that this latest surge that we're seeing, especially in Metro Manila, is driven by the Omicron variant. But what do you think? So uh, there have been three cases of locally transmitted Omicron, two in Bicol and one from the NCR. And it's striking that the numbers in the NCR are high, but the numbers in Bicol remain uh, relatively low. And what this suggests is that there were added factors in the NCR that are contributing to this rise in numbers. And uh, basically, I think most people will agree that what you're seeing here is a increase in numbers that are driven by two things. The first is the significant mixing that we saw, that we experienced before Christmas uh, of millions of Filipinos in the capital who were attending parties Christmas parties, family parties, office parties. And it's significant, it's parties, because at parties we, we, we eat. And so we have to remove our masks. So uh, when you have mi mixing like this at incredibly high numbers, you're going to expect transmission. Remember, Delta is also very transmissible. So the reproductive number for Delta is between six to eight, it means one single person can contribute, can infect six to eight people at one time. And so if you're at a party or if you're at a bar and you don't have a mask and someone next to you has Delta, then it's going to, it's going to trigger infectious spread. You put on top of that Omicron, and we know it's Omicron because there's anecdotal stories now that many of the COVID patients over the last week experienced severe sore throat. And this is not something we saw with Delta. So if you if you have uh, if you are COVID positive and you're experiencing severe sore throat, some people actually uh, lose their voice for a couple of days. Uh, this sore throat is an Omicron signature, and I have heard anecdotally of several of those already, which suggests that what you're seeing is uh, an increase of both Delta and Omicron. But the Omicron is going to rapidly take over in the next week or so. How do they explain the, the not-so-high numbers in the Bicol region when, in fact, there was uh, a case detected of the Omicron variant there? What basically was the difference between the national capital region and Bicol? Well, so two, you know, two come, many come to mind, but the most significant ones is that 
uh, you're going to have population density. So the capital is one of the most populated uh, areas in the whole world. And so a lot of people are close with each other. Uh, and then on top of that, you have these parties, high mobility, high mixing without masks. And it's a perfect storm for Omicron spread on top of Delta spread. Um, again, though, you can see Beacol, uh, they don't have that, suggesting that the areas where Omicron appears to be spreading in Beacol have still substantial population immunity. Uh, and so the virus is struggling to spread there. Uh, it appears not to be having that problem right now in the capital. Basically, this is a party-driven search. We basically yeah. partied a lot and lower, lowered our guard. That's well, what happened. And, yeah, and anecdotally, I understand many of our Kababayans felt very secure when they were doubly vaccinated. And so they were able to, they, maybe, they thought that the risk was lower than it was. And so they were willing to do things that they were not willing to do last year during Christmas. And so what, you, what you're seeing is, is the result of that. And you can look at the timing. The timing of the, the increase in numbers is about five, five days uh, after Christmas. And the incubation period is about five days for Delta and Omicron. Omicron even shorter now for three. So what you're seeing is, is the, it's the timing is telling you that it had to do with Christmas and the preceding week. Because mobility has been very high in the capital for the last two two months or so, really, um, but we've not seen that uptick. It it happened uh, pretty much before Christmas, and what happened there? Parties. Okay. Now, how would you um, somehow explain the what happened to ordinary Filipinos whose argument was this, especially during the holidays? What was there to fear when, in fact, I was already vaccinated? In fact, I already had my booster shot, and I was told that this would be enough to to keep even the Omicron variant at bay. But of well, course, it I, didn't mean that you won't get sick. You were just yeah, vaccinated, yeah, yeah. right? So, so it, it, you, uh, our Kababayans who thought that um, were actually thinking correctly in that uh, we expect that their experience of Omicron is going to be relatively mild. Uh, the challenge, of course, is that uh, not everyone in the capital has been boosted. Some of, some of our uh, Kababayans uh, were, received their second dose many months ago. So they're going to be vulnerable, number one. Our children have not yet been fully vaccinated. So one of the things that we're noticing around the world is higher number of pediatric hospitalization cases. So uh, what we have to do right now over the next month, because uh, we expect this, this surge, this uh, wave to be relatively quick in, in South Africa, it lasted four weeks. So, you know, by the end of January, if the dynamics are the same, it should peak in the NCR and begin to drop by the, before February begins. Uh, how it spreads throughout our country will depend upon, um, well, the relative movement of people from the capital to elsewhere. So for example, from what I understand, Cebu has not yet seen any uptick. One significant reason for this is uh, the airport is still uh, recovering from Super Typhoon Odette. Mm. And, and so what happens is the mobility between the capital and Cebu, it has been severely mitigated, which is why it's not surprising. Because in the past, usually Cebu will quickly inherit uh, what we have in the capital. You haven't seen, we haven't seen that yet. Okay. You mentioned peak, that the cases might peak 
in January and even uh, up to February. When you talk about peak, what are the numbers that you that your group is looking at? Uh, well, I mean, one of the challenges of determining the peak is we do not know the percentage of Omicron versus Delta right now. So you have a, you're going to have a wide range of numbers. Uh, the numbers are probably going to mimic based on other experiences, the peak of the Delta wave, if not higher. Okay, because there are those experts who were projecting somewhere between 20,000 and 40,000 cases yeah. at the peak. That is quite a wide uh, range, right? Yeah, and again, uh, the challenge is that we do not have the precision that other countries have had with regards to genomic sequencing. They can tell you right now there's X percentage of Delta and Y percentage of Omicron, and that they, not those numbers have to go into the modeling. So right now we don't have that. We, we only have a general sense that both are present and both are driving this increase, uh, which is why you're going to have these high numbers, a high range. Nonetheless, based on the experience of of South Africa and now England, especially London, uh, we do not expect the hospitalizations to peak as much as they did. Uh, there is 60 to 70% fewer uh, hospitalizations in London as they were in the past. So we're hoping the same thing will happen here. Uh, what this means is that even though the, the case numbers are high, the hospitalization should not, should not be as high and so there should no there should not be a need for lockdown. There will okay. be granular lockdowns maybe, but there will be no need at this time. We do not anticipate at this time the need for a regional lockdown because the hospital should be relative, relatively robust in okay. face of an Omicron threat. Okay, now the, the positivity rate of 20.7, that's quite high. How, how do you explain that? Or is this a carryover of the carryover of the testing or the lessened testing or fewer testing that so, we were conducting during the past uh, couple of weeks? So it's probably due to two things. One is just there are many cases. This is typical of Omicron. But you're right as well. You know, I mean, many, many of the testing centers were on holiday for Christmas and New Year. And you can see that the number of tests is relatively low. It's only 18,000 uh, yesterday uh, or reported today. And uh, so when you have fewer numbers with higher, uh, with a very transmissible variant, it's not surprising the positivity rates are going to be high. Uh, my hope is that as testing capacity uh, increases and uh, resumes after the new year, that positivity rate will uh, go down. Uh, we don't know how far it will go down because Omicron is very transmissible. Okay. And would it still be wise to somehow isolate which cases were driven by the Omicron variant or just presume that the surge that we are seeing, just like what the DOH has said, is basically driven by the Omicron and a carryover of the Delta? Because genome well, sequencing I mean, is not that fast, right? Yeah, yeah. Genome sequencing is not that fast. And honestly, um, I would prefer this to be an Omicron wave uh, because from a public health perspective, an Omicron wave is actually less of a challenge than a Delta wave. Um, and why is that? Because the percentage of hospitalizations is significantly lower with Omicron. And remember, for public health perspective, our goal is to protect lives, but also to protect hospitals. 
and to protect our healthcare workers. And so, uh, you know, in South Africa, the numbers were tremendous, uh, 133,000 in a period comparable to something like 40,000. But the hospitalizations were sig significantly fewer, and that's what we're hoping we will see in the Philippines as well. Okay, but if you're going to compare an Omicron wave with a Delta uh, wave, you would still need to identify which is which, right? So in that yeah. case, you would have to do genome sequencing. Uh, well, the, the, the genome sequencing, yes, but as you pointed out, it's slower. There, there is another PCR-based test called the S-target uh, failure dropout. Um, but at this point, uh, what will happen is Omicron is so more, so much more transmissible that within a week or so, we will safely assume that it's taken over. Uh, and hopefully this will be confirmed by the DOH sequencing data shortly. Okay, and at the same time, we will still have to deal with the Delta variant, right? Yeah, the Delta, so what will happen, uh, if what happens here hap um, mimics what happens elsewhere in the world, is that in time, within a month in the NCR, the Delta variant will simply disappear it will be replaced completely by Omicron. And the reason for this is once you are uh, infected with Omicron, you have significant protection against Delta. Mm -hmm. So Delta will run out of food because Omicron will, will, will steal all of the vulnerable patients from Delta. So Delta will die out. Okay, let's talk about the impact of the Omicron variant on vaccinated people and unvaccinated people. So vaccinated people, um, based upon what we've seen in South Africa and in the United Kingdom, they have significant risk for hospitalizations and uh, severe disease and death. So significant numbers of uh, the most um, sickest COVID patients from Omicron are unvaccinated. There are significant numbers of breakthrough infections. So this is where you have vaccinated people maybe boosted, maybe not, uh, who are also infected with Omicron. And what happens there is that the, not the, the vaccinated immunity is substantial enough that it is able to keep the, the infection and the disease mild. So one of the things we see is that the Omicron itself appears to be milder. Uh, it's able to infect the upper portions of your your respiratory system in your nose, in your, in your throat, but it's unable to descend to your lungs. So there are 70 times more virus in your throat, but fewer virus in your lungs, which means that uh, if you look at the data from South Africa, there are fewer people in the hospital who need oxygen, fewer people who need mechanical ventilation, which is good news. Mm -hmm. um, and yet, if you're unvaccinated, the risk for both of them is significantly higher than if you were vaccinated and boosted. How about for those with comorbidities but had been uh, vaccinated or even boosted? So again, you know, the risk, it, we're talking about relative risk. So because of their comorbidities, they will still be at higher risk for severe disease as compared to, an un, to a fully vaccinated boosted person who is who doesn't have those comorbidities, and yet we know from the United Kingdom that there's 88 percent protection uh, with a boosted vaccine, regardless of brand. We, they've not yet been able to break it down into the brands, but 88 or so percent protection against hospitalization. So 80 to 88, depending upon uh, what you're looking at. 
So, um, you know, uh, my message to my Kababayans is at this point, as we, uh, as we enter into this wave, um, if you have not been vaccinated, please get vaccinated. And if it's time for you to be boosted, please get boosted. Um, okay. You want the most protection, especially for our children. Uh, uh, what do the uh, latest data tell us when it comes to the efficacy of the uh, efficacy current vaccines of- against the Omicron variant? So even booster again, shots. Uh, so again, uh, this is the data that's coming out of London, United Kingdom. So in a in a paper published just a few days ago on the 31st of December, um, the expert panel of the United Kingdom uh, reported that against the Delta variant, because remember we still have the Delta variant uh, with a booster shot, it's 85% protection or so vaccine effect effectiveness and 81% against the Omicron. So these are still relatively very high numbers. They're really good, um, which is why it's so important for us to be boosted at this time. Okay. Now, of course, we also know that uh, the vaccination rates, especially in Metro Manila and other cities, have been increasing. Others are asking, aren't these figures enough to keep the Omicron variant at bay? Well, what will happen is that the Omicron variant is able to break through enough that we are going to see a substantial increase in numbers. But it will keep the hospitalizations at bay. And this is the reason why, uh, you know, in the, in the, here we are on alert level three in the NCR. My hope is we, we will just stay uh, at alert level three across the, the wave, um, simply because our hospitalizations are not going to be come as dire as they were for the Delta wave. In short, there's something in case you get the, in case you catch the Omicron variant, there's something that you can deal with in isolation at home. You don't have to get hospitalized generally. So mo- yeah, but there are also cases where you would have to be hospitalized, right? So, you know, one of the things that we need to do is we have to teach our Kababayans uh, personal responsibility. How will they, what are the signs that they need to care for themselves and for their families? So if you get sick, uh, you're, you can expect that you will have a sore throat, you will have cold-like symptoms, maybe slight fever, headache. This will last about five days to seven days. You just have to take paracetamol and let it go. The key here, of course, is if you have uh, breathing issues, um, those are the kind of concerns that should move you to the hospital. I know that many hospitals in the Philippines, especially in the NCR, are providing telemedicine. So... This is the time where you should uh, reach out to your physician to try to understand when you should present yourself to the hospital if needed. Okay. How about the, the policy? Because we're now at uh, alert level three in Metro Manila. Part of the policy is to keep uh, unvaccinated people inside their homes, right? Unless they're going out for essential errands, right? Is this a good thing for them? or And, and this would, would, would this be enough to somehow help us tide over uh, this current surge that we're seeing. Well, I mean, you know, we, you know, part of what it means to be one nation and one country is that we protect each other. And as you and I have just discussed, our unvaccinated kababayans are most at risk for um, becoming severely infected and being hospitalized. So this is this is part of the reason why we have to try to shield them from unnecessary exposure to a variant that is highly infectious and is currently surging in the capital region. Um, 
hopefully, like I said, it will be a relatively brief uh, wave. It will only hopefully only last, like in South Africa, for a month rather than for two months, uh, which is what the what we saw with the Delta. It'll, it'll go up quickly, and hopefully, it will come down very quickly as well. Um, we have to watch, and you know, this is what I'm going to tell you and and, and our, our our viewers. What is important is not the number of cases. It is not the number of active cases or the number of new cases. It is the hospitalization rate. So the, you know, the government decided that moving up the alert levels will depend on hospitalization rate. And I agree completely with that. Uh, the only reason we should uh, escalate the alert level is if our hospitals are already at risk and right now, I understand it's like 28% in the ICU, which is relatively mild compared to what we've seen in the past. The, the other concern that we've been hearing is that uh, because of this uh, holiday and party-driven surge that we have been talking about, this might uh, end up compromising the gains that we've had for nearly uh, two years regarding this uh, pandemic, right? Because the, the numbers have been going down over the past several weeks. And as anticipated because of the holiday uh, season, uh, there would be a spike, and we're actually seeing it now. But would this be enough to somehow compromise the gains or squander well, I mean, the gains? I that mean, what that we would have? expect, what we would expect, is that you will see a wave. It will go up. It will go up rapidly with Omicron uh, dominating. It will crash relatively rapidly, and hopefully, uh, it will crash to the levels that we saw with Delta crashing. So the hope is that within a you know within two months we will be back to where we were at the beginning of December. Uh, this is so unpredictable because, well, this, this virus has been unpredictable for the last 22 months. But based upon population immunity, our increasing vaccination rates, our desire to improve boosters, as well as the natural immunity that will come with Omicron, um, the expectation is that the population immunity will be recovered after the Omicron wave passes. And so we will go back down to the very low numbers we saw uh, at the beginning of December. So we just need to survive this curve. We just need to be patient. We have to let the wave pass, right? That's the key here. We cannot panic. Uh, we have to let it pass. We knew it was coming. It is here. We know based upon data from the United Kingdom, from South Africa, what it will kind of look like. Um, and it's a great blessing. It will be much milder than Delta. Having said that, we all need to get vaccinated and boosted to protect our kids. Okay. Now, speaking of curves, uh, for those who have lost track of the kind of curves that we've had here in the Philippines for the past 22 months, what do you mean by that? Or have we even flattened it? Because... Uh, Early during no. the pandemic, there was a lot of discussion regarding uh, flattening the curve. Yeah. So a lot of people will say, well, uh, flattening the curve means to completely get to a point where there's no COVID. And yeah. I think when we started talking about that in March of 2020, 2020 we didn't really have a, a sense yet of how, especially in the Philippines, variants will drive all the waves, right? So what you're seeing is there is no, the alpha, beta, have been driven into the ground. There's very few alpha, beta, if any, in the Philippines. Omicron will kill Delta. So in many ways, um, you, you do have waves, 
that come and then die and are replaced by new variants. And that, uh, that is something I don't think we really saw in March of 2020. Uh, we, if you look, remember, I think people imagine there we will get rid of COVID. That's not where we're going now. We, yeah. Everyone in the world knows we're going to live with COVID. It's a mindset. Uh, by the end of this year, I'm hoping we will be endemic uh, and we will learn to live with COVID in the way we've lived with four other coronaviruses. This will just be the fifth one. Okay. And, and Father, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one way of looking at this uh, flattening of the curve goal also is that if it doesn't, if the numbers do not overwhelm the, the, the healthcare system of a country, right? Is that correct? Yeah. So Omicron hopefully will be a flatter curve. Even though the, the numbers will be really high, it will be flatter in that it will not overwhelm our healthcare system. Okay. Now, for those who have been asking also, is it time to return the policy regarding the mandatory use of face shields? Or we just need to survive this and we can do it even without having to go back to that policy of using no, face shields? I think face shields had a place before vaccinations. But right now, especially Filipinos, I've noticed they're, in, they're you know they're using N95, they're using double surgical masks. Uh, these are very effective at protecting. Uh, they're effective at protecting each other from Omicron, especially that Omicron is already airborne, right? So if you if you wear a face shield, uh, Omicron, well, COVID can go in and out and around, right? And uh, hopefully you are not standing next to someone who's coughing on you. And if you're both if you're both wearing an N95 or if you're wearing uh, a surgical mask with a cloth mask over it, which is what I've seen also, uh, these should be sufficient protection for now. So in short, it's just important to go back to the basics and to be very, very strict. We know we know the tricks. Yeah. We 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 there's nothing new here. It's a new variant. Thank God it's a milder variant, but we have to do the same things we have done before uh, in for the next month. Avoid crowds, avoid uh, unmasked, unvaccinated um, gatherings. Uh, and then we will we will simply be patient and the wave will pass. Okay. And the, the wave will provide natural immunity. So on the other side, uh, this is what I will say, you know, Omicron will find every unvaccinated person in the NCR. It's that infectious. That's the that's the that's the the thing, right? So it's so infectious that it will simply go into every every alleyway, every barangay, and it will look for people who it can infect. Uh, which is why it's so important to vaccinate as many as we can. But would would there still be time to do that? Because I understand in a previous conversation you were telling me that the vaccination, of course, takes time naturally. Would that be enough to keep this at bay? So since we're dealing here primarily with boosting, right? So boosting is a one-shot thing, and you are back up to 88 to 90% uh, boost uh, protection after two weeks, right? So, so if you got boosted tomorrow and you waited two weeks, we'll still be in the surge, we'll still be in the wave, and you will reacquire your protection. So in the past, it was a two-dose event. So that takes a long time. And with AstraZeneca, you would have to wait weeks. You'd have to wait weeks. So it would be two weeks after the second dose. Then you have to wait three or four weeks 
before you get your second dose with a booster shot you need it once and we after 14 days you're back up the, the the you know your force field is back up to maximum power so it's not too late to be boosted at this time to protect ourselves and our loved ones uh from this from this month's wave and I understand, Father, that the supply of vaccines uh, has tremendously increased, right? Oh, we have and speaking of population, millions, billions, millions. Uh, millions, millions. Sorry. So when you talk about population protection, are you, are you still going to use that term? Uh, others call it language engineering by the government, or would it be enough to say that uh, perhaps we are on our way to herd immunity as soon as we hit a particular target so, uh, of vaccinations? So the challenge with herd, the word herd immunity is it's specifically defined by science okay. and it depends on the variants, which is why uh, you will notice it's not just in the Philippines, it's throughout the world. They tend not to move towards herd immunity at this time because we don't even know the percentage of one variant over another. But you're correct. Uh, one of the things that was clear uh, at the beginning of December is that the, the population immunity was quite substantial, that we needed a variant that could break through the force field like Omicron in order to trigger a surge, right? So, so uh, this is why herd immunity is a tricky, tricky term because you have a new variant and it, you, know, you could be herd immune, but the new variant arrives and it can penetrate that force field. And technically the herd immunity has been demitigated but you still have population immunity. So people will still get it, but no one goes to the hospital. Okay. Before we end, I'd just like uh, to get this clear further. Do, do I take it to mean that uh, the Omicron variant, um, given its impact or effects on special and vaccinated people, given this current surge that we're seeing, there might be some silver linings here. That there could be some benefits as, as far as eliminating, let's say, uh, the current Delta variant and boosting uh, antibody uh, protection by people? Yeah, so there will be a blessing after this wave. What it will do is it will um, replace a worse variant with a milder one. It will also, in a, it's a natural vaccine. It will vaccinate the entire country again, right? Uh, and, and what we know is that a combination of, of infection plus vaccination is called super immunity for reasons we don't understand it's it's substantially boosted having said that i cannot uh let the our viewers think that it is safe just to get omicron because you have no idea how you as an individual is going to be affected by this variant right we can say as a population it will be a blessing for the 14 million who live in the NCR. But for you, for your Lolo, your Lola, or your kid, it could be very severe. And in order to prevent that, we need to be vaccinated and boosted. Okay, thank you for that clarification. And I hope that is very, very clear. Uh, Father Nicanor Ostriaco of the Octa Research Group, thank you for joining us tonight on the program. Happy New Year to you, Father. Thank you, Christian. God bless you. God bless you, Father. And we're going to take a quick break. After the fact, we'll be right back.